0: 20% off. The Southern Ground
1: Hunting Podcast is brought to you by Spartan Forge. It's forged in combat and tailored for hunters. Spartan Forge stands at the nexus of machine learning and whitetail deer hunting to deliver truly intuitive and science-based products that save the hunter time spent scouting, planning, and executing their hunts. You can start your free 14-day trial today by visiting SpartanForge.ai and you can use the code SOUTHERNGROUND, that's all lowercase, all one word, SOUTHERNGROUND at checkout and that'll get you 25% off of your purchase. you're wanting to know more about saddle hunting, well check out TetheredNation.com for all your saddle hunting needs. Tethered is for saddle hunters, by saddle hunters, and they're redefining ultralight hunting if you'd like to support the southern ground hunting podcast you can visit patreon.com forward slash southern ground hunting or you can click on the link in the show notes of this podcast episode we offer two different tiers for our patrons that offer a solid list of benefits we'd love for you to join the southern ground hunting community today again that's patreon.com forward slash southern ground hunting and now let's get to the show Hey guys, last year was a wild year for censorship for hunters and anglers. We've partnered with the social media platform Go Wild to combat mainstream social media censorship. Go Wild was built by outdoorsmen and women, and by hunters and anglers just like you. Go Wild is a free social community. Not only are your photos not censored, they're encouraged on Go Wild. Go Wild gives you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. And as you earn points, you start to unlock awesome rewards too such as gift cards, free stuff, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so much more. Oh, and if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. Visit DownloadGoWild.com to get started. Man, I am, uh, I'm super excited to have you on the show. we got Devin Duncan with us here today on the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast, and I'm also joined by Luke Parker co-hosting with me this evening Luke how's it going buddy
0: fantastic awesome uh, enjoyed the little weather here in Alabama this past week getting ready for spring and then Alabama weather was like nope we're gonna get back down in the 20s yeah it got chilly
1: Mm -hmm. it got chilly today yesterday it felt like man be a good day to be in the turkey woods but
0: uh, this morning felt uh, like the rut (laughs) Yeah, and this weekend's supposed to be like twenties and thirties, crazy. Dang, was well, it like somewhere where you're in at?
1: Alabama?
2: Somewhere in Alabama, there probably is a buck chasing a doe. This is you're you're, <laughs> you're
0: probably
1: right, probably right. Yeah, <laughs> probably not far from if you. There's probably a, a rut going on in just about every part of Alabama right now. With well, I've heard
2: story, I've heard stories, you know, your social media and talking to people that you know before the laws changed in Alabama what season came in like the 15th or like the middle of March or something. And people have talked about being Turkey hunting and seeing buck chasing those and stuff Before that just blows me away because I'm up here in mid central Virginia. Yeah. But yeah, thank, thank y'all for having me on. Before we even get started, I just want everybody to know that I'm nobody special, just a normal guy like everybody else.
1: (laughs) Well, and you, and you love the outdoors. You kind of have a similar, take on things as uh as i do as far as like the, the style that you like to hunt the type of terrains that you like to hunt um i've always felt like you'd be a great guest for the show uh and we've tried to make it work a couple times um just with work schedules and stuff like that it just hasn't been able to work out but i'm uh, i'm excited to have you on with us today
2: well well i think it was for deer hunting and i don't really feel worthy of talking about mountain bucks, even as much as it's in my blood and as much as I love it, I'm just not consistent enough. I don't, I just don't feel like I'm worthy enough to talk about it because I, I hadn't, I haven't killed a good rack buck in several years and le- been letting lots of deer walk and limited time hunting. And just, I just don't feel like if I kill a couple good ones again, I might feel worthy of talking about it, but I just don't feel like I'm there yet with the consistency. I killed several nice bucks, five, six, seven years in a row, probably luck. And then it kind of went dry on me the last couple of years. Tried to change the way I hunt and goals, and but anyways, enough of that. We, it's it's almost turkey season. You,
1: your dad's the your dad's the mountain buck like extraordinary. Uh,
2: oh yeah, I mean I know where he hunts. What he does, the secrets. I know everything he does, and I can't replicate it. I, I don't know. <laughs> he's good. He's really good.
1: He's half he's half deer man.
2: He's he's really good. He's got something to him special
1: man i hope one day we can get him on i know you've you've tried and you try to talk to him about that stuff and he's not into it but maybe one day
2: yeah maybe one day maybe he gets older
1: yeah yeah he gets older and things aren't any longer it's not worth it to keep the secrets you know yeah just kind of share some information now but uh you're right it's turkey season um uh inside of two weeks from my turkey first turkey hunt of the year down in florida so i'm Getting pretty. Are sad. you going
2: the north? Are you going to north, Florida?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I guess it's gonna be. It's not like the southern that's open right now. It opens. Yeah. Uh, the. the uh, what day is it actually open? The nineteenth, maybe.
2: Um, I I I go on long break at work. It's not long break; is long seven day break. It's not vacation. That's just two days off work, shift work, and I start long break Friday. But it just, I just. Figure I'd spend more time with my boy and stuff, and before season really kicks off here, it just ain't worth it this year. In the cards, uh, he'll be starting school next year, so unfortunately, I'll have a little more time because of that. So it just ain't in the cards this year.
1: Yeah, and sometimes you know, like different seasons in life can kind of happen. I think it was Dan in Fault that was talking about. He was talking about it in terms of whitetails, but he's like, man. If you want to be one of the guys who consistently does it every single year, puts in all the time, your your family's going to suffer. Your family you're oh, going to yeah. have to sacrifice it. So
2: other things are going to suffer. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, and and so it just kind of it depends on the season in life and the like. What you said, you're doing shift work, so it's tough yeah. to balance all that. Plus, trying to find free days to go, three states away, four states away, right? But I'm I'm pretty fired up. I got I got some pretty cool trips planned out for for this uh the spring. But Luke, you got any crazy turkey plans or you just uh staying here in Alabama?
0: I am gonna stay here in uh, around what I'm what I'm used to. My goal and what I'm focused on primarily I've got a guy coming, him and his wife. It's actually one of my wife's friends. It's her husband. He's never been turkey hunting. They live in Arkansas. That's where he's stationed right now in the military. And he's going to come down April 1st through the 8th, try to get him on some birds. And my goal is to shoot one with a recurve. That's what I'm focused on. Just shoot one with recurve, get it on film.
1: I was going to ask you about that. I know you've always got some kind of bizarre, like kill one with a blowgun or try to rope one with a piece of rope or something like that.
0: Just tackle one. Yeah,
1: I've all, I've always
2: I've always thought that if someone if that was a goal for someone to kill one like with no blind no decoy with a bow I always thought in my head that if you was good with the recurve you would be better off because you could get ready and when it goes behind a tree you could just you know come you know pull it back and then you know it was just instead of trying to get the full draw with the recurve you could you you know you know what I'm trying to say um, yeah, yeah a lot of it, guys. I always yeah, thought I would manage to to do it with a recurve, actually.
0: Yeah, I know there's different styles of shooting. Some some people like that style because they can just do a quick shot, but I um, just my style, I like to take my time a little bit more. Yeah. Um, right. But yeah, I, I know that I know guys that do it, but that's what I'm doing. That's my goal, and I'll stick to it. Hopefully, it'll happen. Let me ask that's you. That's a pretty.
2: I was gonna say that's Luke, a pretty that's a that's a pretty awesome goal. Sorry, Uh, but the uh, yeah, that's that's a pretty awesome goal. I've never really been able to stick with it. It's uh, I tried it a couple times, and it's I don't the word is like uh, anti climatic. Like it just didn't do it for me. It's like feeling that shotgun go off and smelling the powder. Like that's what it was. You know, I, I'm not sure.
1: I I wonder, Luke, are you like? so if you're doing your, the traditional bow using your recurve, are you like not using decoys? Like, are you going straight up like native American on this deal or are you so going to cop out and use a decoy?
0: I will. It depends. So like right now I've got turkeys on camera where I just know where they're at. And I know just where they're, where they're moving, where they're roosting. Um, I mean, you and really don't I've even already,
1: have to go any further because you already said that you're using a trail camera,
0: so that's pretty much yeah. the same
1: thing as using a decoy. Yeah. Right, <laughs> so
0: I will. The thing is, I'm not opposed. Like I'm going to do whatever I need to do to just kill one with a recurve. All right, and, and there's
2: nothing wrong with that
1: at all. No. Nope. Yeah,
0: which I've got. So like my blind that, or one of them that I've I've already I've already had it out during deer season and left it out so they're they're used to seeing it. Um, and then I, I knew that that's where, cause it's, it's the same every year The where they're moving and stuff, doesn't change a whole lot where they're roosting and stuff doesn't change a whole lot, but I think it would be cool. Um, you know, aside from me doing that with a recurve, I'd really like to pinpoint some public land birds, uh, just because when, you know, that, that buddy of mine, when he gets here, I want us to be able to, to just chase some down here, which, I feel like any Turkey, whether public or private, it, if you can kill a Turkey, like that's you've, you've outsmarted that Turkey, you've beat its eyes. Like what y'all were talking about in last week's podcast, Parker, is like
1: mm-hmm.
0: you've, you've hit a, a pretty cool goal of killing a Turkey, but um, trying to find some on public land, I think would be sweet. It's uh it's, it's interesting. I was
1: just having a conversation with somebody today about goals, Within turkey hunting, and uh, I was talking about how hard it is um, for like video and content creators to gain respect from the turkey hunting community. It's hard to like. It's it's hard to check all the boxes for every single type of turkey hunter. Um, even yeah. more so than deer, you know. Like some people, you know, may disagree with hunting with a crossbow, or they may hit- disagree with hunting over bait or corn. But there's not, mm-hmm. like, just a, a whole slew of you know, differences between people. Turkey hunters, I mean, my gosh, you spend, like, two seconds on a turkey hunting Facebook page, and <laughs> you're like, oh, why do these guys even talk to each other? They can't get along. I mean, you got conversations going on about TSS. Versus whatever, and and the funny thing about that conversation is, is most people are saying, if I ain't if I ain't call them into twenty yards, I ain't shooting them. I feel like they beat me, yeah. but I'm using Longbeard XR. Well, the whole reason you're using Longbeard XR is to get distance, is to get range. Otherwise, you could shoot Not them with sure. a, a I,
2: I, love, I love it when I love it when they. I mean, this is going to hit some people deep, but I love it when they say, you know, I, I don't shoe muster inside twenty yards, and like, what do you hunt with? A three, a twelve gauge, three and a half inch long beard, you new know, ma- XR Magnum. Like, you know, if you if you if you shoot them inside twenty yards, why don't you use the four tenth lead sixes? Yeah, you, you know, like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. There's no reason to using that. Yeah,
2: there's 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 so, there's so there's so many different vibes of of turkey hunters. It's everybody hates everybody. Everybody's the best at it. Oh yeah, um, that's and, so funny. I mean, you can be a traditional turkey hunter and, you know, you don't use decoys and you're running gun and, and, but you use TSS or you use a red dot. Cause I mean, I used to, I, I I load and shoot TSS and use a red dot and, but I haven't used a decoy in six, seven years. And I never really used decoy a lot through a lot of my teenage and early twenties. I carried a blow up D, a Jake decoy. Yeah. And it was a, like a Cherokee decoys. And it was a little blow up Jake and you could put it in your vest and you like some seasons it never even came out of my vest, Mm -hmm. but, but it was there and it didn't take up any room or space. And if, uh, and hunting here in the mountains, you, we never, me and my dad never per se used a decoy to help us kill the Turkey. Cause when you set up, you set up. So when the Turkey shows himself, he's in range, Mm -hmm. just, just the natural of hunting ridges and hill country and mountains is when you set up so that the gobbler, when he shows himself, he's within 40 yards. So it's not per se to help us kill the Turkey. We thought it was cool of like seeing these turkeys on TV, jumping on decoys. Mm-hmm. They were like, we want to, we want to experience that. So it was cool getting to see a gobbler come in and jump on a decoy. But then it also wasn't cool when a timid gobbler had his butt whoops, seen it and, and went the other way, you mm-hmm. know, and then just, uh, f- five, five, four, five, I don't know, five-ish years ago. I just quit carrying them all together. I just, if something hit me and I just took it out and it never went back, I just, because like I say, sometimes it never even came out of my vest. It wasn't to help me kill a turkey hunting here in the mountains. It was just the the interaction of seeing them close. Because when you're hunting the way I hunt, the way we hunt, turkey hunting, it ain't a whole lot of looking. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you, and when you set up, you're, you're set up with topography rolling over so that when he show, he has to come look for you, and when he shows himself, he's in range. And when you get a shot opportunity at him, it ain't no looking at him and admiring him. You know, it's without a decoy and anything, without, you know, having his attention, you get a shot. You, he's inside 40 yards. You know, first chance I get, I'm killing him. You know? Yeah. So it was cool to actually look at him a little bit. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you're sitting there with the gun on fire, not in a, you know, not in a blind. You're sitting there against a tree with, you know, a little bit of brush breaking you up or something, whatever. And that turkey's right there and has no idea
1: you're in the world. So that was cool
2: to experience.
1: Um, yeah, I'm the same but, way. I'm the same way as you. I've, uh, I cannot think of a single time that I've killed a turkey that the, that a decoy made any difference in. Like I've killed a couple of birds where I had a decoy set up. <laughs> Um, maybe I was just, he came in quiet or something like that. I was just set up midday. Um, but I did the same thing. I carry a, a blow up. It's a hen, a blow up hen that just stays in my jacket or in my, uh, in my vest. And last year, I don't think it, I even took it out.
2: I mean, they're, they're handy. They're handy. Uh, I never could get, understand the whole Carrying around hundred couple hundred dollar decoys and a yeah. you know, the guys running and gunning in hill country and ridges with the decoy on their back and in the whole other bag. Like mm-hmm. I thought, well, why don't they just use a blow up decoy? You put it in your vest. You don't even know it's there. Don't take up no space. Don't add no weight. And if you need it, it's there to be called on. Like mm-hmm. I never, could, I never could grasp all that. No offense to y'all, if y'all use those, I just never could understand it.
1: Now I found I've, uh, I've I own one hen decoy that's like a regular, like, I, can't, I don't even remember, flex tone or something like that. Like, it it's, yeah. like, a uh, hard plastic. And then I found, last year, I found, uh, like, a gobbler, like, reaping decoy out in the middle yeah. of the woods. It, it was bizarre because it's painted red, you know, it's got the, the head looks super realistic. And I come up over the hill, and I see it, and I was like, oh, gosh. And I got down, <laughs> and I realized. It was just out in the woods? It was just a freaking decoy sitting out in the middle of the woods. There wasn't anybody around it um and so i took it you know i I grabbed it and i was like it was full of water so it was like the hollow one where it's almost makes a bowl it was full of water i was like nobody's just somebody left this out here they forgot it was here Um, it was a public land yeah yeah it was national forest
2: i mean who knows i mean maybe that's wild i mean maybe they got took taken off, the gobbler went off, and they left it and thought they was going to come back and get the decoy and never did or something. I
1: mean, yeah, I mean it had been there for a minute. It was a little bit sun bleached.
2: And so yeah, been there I, for a while.
1: I, I didn't feel bad about taking it. Um, no, but no. it's like, I mean, I, I would use that one and that hen decoy. The times when I would maybe use those if if I had a private piece that I could hunt that had a field, a big field or something like that, you know. And and that's the where the conversation I had earlier today kind of was going towards is like man it's it's so hard to gain respect from all from all walks all walks of life walks of the turkey hunting culture it's like it's like they're the own worst enemies and now we've got these laws that are not bad i don't think they're bad at all but it's like within the turkey hunting community you have vaxxers and anti-vaxxers right like yeah. i'm not saying you have that i'm saying it's like that amount of uh disagreement it's like
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah if somebody oh you're a decoy guy or oh you're a tss guy and it's it's just so stupid and then you've got these some of these laws that are coming out that are like uh no decoys in the first 10 days of the season um and you got people saying certain things about that and it's just it's just overall kind of goofy you know like that there's There's so
0: many to keep up
1: with. Yeah, it's it's a lot to keep up with, and it's just kind of annoying. Um, I'm
2: I'm like pro Alabama making moves and changes, but in my head, I'm thinking, why didn't they just move the dates back, shorten the season, reduce the bag limits, and just be done with it? Like I was, you know, because it seems really complicated.
1: There's some like it's it's as complicated as uh oh you can bait but you kind of you have to have a baiting license for deer It's nah. like you can bait if you want to on private land but you have to buy this extra permit otherwise it's still illegal and it's like or you yeah. can
0: hunt predators at night but you have to have a permit and you can't do it within deer season yeah so you can only kill coyotes and you can kill bobcats during the day and you only kill fox at night with dogs like it's like the weirdest thing ever is that a really a law swear dude i was reading it because you know noah and i got like the thermal setup and whatnot mm -hmm. and i ended up getting my permit um and if i read it right you know don't quote me on it but if i read it right it said that you can hunt um fox with a dog and that's it you can only shoot those like you can those are you can shoot them like without a permit or without the season being limited if i remember correctly but coyotes though you have to have a, a permit to hunt at night and it cannot be within deer season and then the bobcat i don't think you can kill it at night but you can kill them during the day so weird it's like super weird yeah super weird again but um i, I read that about two weeks ago when i was figuring out my permit stuff because it was really for you know hunting dogs but yeah it, it, when i read it i thought that was like super weird.
1: Well, I'm glad we got into it because I did want to talk about this today. Um, just kind of say, maybe be a little bit informative to a listener who doesn't know about some of the new laws. But I, I do. I'm like you, Devin. I think there's some really good stuff in it, but I think that there's some really dumb stuff. One of the, one of the dumb things that, it, to me, the, the, I get the reasoning behind lowering the bag limit um and i'm in favor of lowering the bag limit what i'm not in favor of but it still could benefit is this whole like you can only shoot uh one turkey in the first 10 days and you can only shoot two gobblers per wma or per national forest like if if a healthy number that can be taken off of an of a national forest, let's say for example, if if the healthy number is two gobblers per person, then just make our state limit two. Like just make the whole state two. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's kind of what I think. When Those, I was down, gotta, go ahead.
2: When I was down there in twenty twenty, yeah I got on that really good run, and I killed one, and I killed two, and I killed three, and then like I I'm here I am, I'm like, this don't even feel right. <laughs> yeah, you <know, I> killed... <laughs> I killed, I killed the fourth gobbler, and I still got another tag in my pocket, in it. and then, you know I'm on cloud nine living it up. But at the same time, I'm like, this doesn't even feel right. Like five gobbler tags, it just blowed my mind. It just, for the, how many dec- decades, it's been five gobblers in some of those southern states, and it just, I can't wrap my head around it. I mean, it's three here, and truth be told, I really think the national forest in the west side of the state should be two yeah as far as that i mean i'm not but that's a whole nother story but yeah it just it just blew my mind you know like here i am with four gobblers killed checked in and i got another tag and i still got another day to hunt like it just didn't even feel right
1: so you're a non-resident I, on that hunt and like you're the guy you've spent you know however many dollars on a non-resident license
2: well i i pulled I drove a half ton truck and pulled a little camper down there. So I was quite a bit in fuel, uh,
1: pulling
2: that that camper.
1: That was a lot of money that you invested into that. So if there's ever a reason that a guy should be like, man, I'm going to kill what I can because this was kind of dang expensive. Um, Well, yeah. I
2: mean, if there's, yeah, if there's ever a reason for somebody to be like, you know, I put a lot of money into this, I'm just a normal old Joe. I'm gonna get my money out of it. And you know, you know, sometimes you do things and you look back and you kind of feel guilty. Cause
1: yeah.
2: you know, I'm like, I'm going to take it out on the turkeys and vengeance them because I spent a lot of money pulling a camper down here by myself. And I got five, six days to hunt that I'm going to take it out on them. And, you know, it wasn't per se, I was taking it out on them. I was just there. It's, you know, I was on, va- I was on vacation. I, I had tags and I was just, just hunting and it just yeah. kept,
1: you know. Yeah, I mean, but realistically, like, like it is like people make a big deal about it. Like, oh, why are they taking it down from five? That's ridiculous. That ain't going to help nothing. And it's like you look at the rest of the country and you're like, the rest of the country seems to have a lot better turkey population than we do. And they're actually kind of protecting it and guarding it and making sure that that population is there. Like they care about that. And then you look at Alabama where, I mean, you can kill five. And granted, I don't know a ton of people that kill five every year. Right, right. That's a, I think, and again, like I'm not 100% on this, but I think it was somewhere like 3% of hunters killed their five.
2: And on the flip flip side, we don't want to know how many people kill four and don't check in that fifth one and keep hunting all season.
1: That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so that's that's definitely a thing I think that would be a thing no matter what um, I know for a fact in some of the areas like area that you hunted Devon uh, local people there shoot turkeys with rifles during deer, deer season all the time um, yeah like because there's a lot you know there's a lot of a lot of birds out there and whatever uh, in Texas we had a really healthy turkey population where I was raised and um, they, they were it was like super healthy uh, you'd go out during deer season. Sitting under, you know, sitting in a blind over a corn feeder, and you'd see 50 turkeys in an the evening. They'd all oh, yes. come out there and they'd eat your corn. So I get it. I understand the, like, we don't want a flock of 50 turkeys running around our property eating all of our supplemental feed for a deer. You know, that's, I understand the frustration. But the reality is, is most of the state, and really most of the Southeast, is pretty tough. Um, the turkey population is struggling. And so, Like I'm, I'm a fan of lowering the bag limit to four. I don't feel like that, like all you did was just save like 3% of the turkeys that were killed, you know, which any amount is better um, than nothing. But I think two to me is not a crazy number, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't think two like in, in. Granted, I'm not the most lawmaker.
2: The, most most, of the majority of the states is two, like two. Yeah. Two, three,
1: uh, yeah. a lot
2: of times it's one. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot. You know, there's a good many states that's one. There's a lot of states that's two. And a couple states, three. But, you know, maj- I don't know. You can't quote me on this. But just off the top of my head, just being in Turkey on most of my life, and just following things most, the majority is like two birds. Yeah. You know? Yeah,
1: and, and it's like two birds can I mean you got what uh month for and just a half public land huh yeah yeah for just public land
0: like you you have four it's a four gobbler oh diagram.
1: yeah
2: we yeah we was just talking about yeah you're right
0: you're i am right just
1: there. i'm i'm speaking more of I, of why i would be in favor of just lowering the limit to two period two or two. um uh, four 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 just seems like a kind
2: of I think it's kind of insulting to the whole program of them trying to do better for <laughs> yeah. the population. I think it kind so of. Well, yeah, it's like I'm all for them making moves and making changes, but from going five to four, it's kind of makes you, it's kind of insulting. It's like if they really wanted to see a difference and make a change, just it, they should have went back to three or two.
1: Yeah. I agree. A lot
2: of people kill two and three gobblers, So if you cut that off at, two three of course you know you have to rely on people having a change of heart and checking in their birds and being done and going with other people and taking other people or going to another state and hunt to fill their fix you know it's it's this this whole this whole thing there's so many things going against the wild turkey
1: well why, um, why yeah, not like with this why not I don't understand uh, you you kind of made the point of like going to another state like if you've got time to turkey hunt, like and you want to kill more than two? Go hunt another state. A lot of people, are, yeah. A lot of people are doing that. I mean, from where I'm at, uh, I drive an hour and a half to an hour to get to my home place that I turkey hunt. I could be in Tennessee in an hour and forty five minutes and hunting public land in Tennessee somewhere. I could do the same thing and go into Mississippi. Like it really, the drive time is not anything extra. I understand non resident licenses can be. Expensive, um, but I don't know. I, I'm not against. I'm not against paying a little bit extra money to go and and up my uh, my number for the season. Like that's that's great. I mean,
2: I have people. I, I'm not saying do this. It's not. I'm not trying to advocate it, but I have people come to me and be like, "How yeah, you afford it and stuff?" And I, I save up a little bit throughout the year, but if it come down to it. I'm like, well, you, you, you got good credit. And they're like, yeah, I got good credit. I'm like, you see, you've been, you're pretty responsible. I'm like, yeah. You know, I'm like, and you, I'm like, well just get a thousand dollar credit card and just put gas and license on it and be responsible and pay it off in a couple of months. Go live. you know. Yeah. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying go put tens of thousands of dollars on be irresponsible, responsible. But if you want to put two or three out of state license on it and some gas, and yeah. you sleep in your truck or a tent, I mean, go for it, man. Live a little bit. It, yeah. You can
1: put, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it all comes down to priorities. Um, right. But, but like I said, I, I'm I'm for the five to four. I think it's at least a step in the right direction. But if they if they do the, you know, two uh, per WMA or two per National Forest, I also have – issues with that because there's some national forests in Alabama that have one or two or three WMAs within them. So if you're saying you can shoot two per per national forest, does that mean some of those national forests that have multiple WMAs? Like, can you only shoot two within that? Like
2: there's so many gray areas and you're relying so much on the public to follow the laws mm -hmm. and be law abiding citizens. Yeah. Cause if there's not a law enforcement presence on those public lands, if there's, if there's not being putting uh pop-up um, road checks and, you know, the old turkey hunter comes around the road and he killed a gobbler and, he, you know, he checked it in and he pops around turn and there's the game board having a road check and he goes and tells his buddy and his buddy, man, y'all be careful, man. They, they had a road check down there on such and such government road. You know, they, they you know, watch you back, you know, and then that word gets out and then the outlaws got to start looking over their shoulder you know, but if there's no law enforcement presence, people has been doing this stuff. They ain't dumb. And, <laughs> you know, if, if they can only kill two and some people ain't changing their ways, they're set in it. And that's the thing about the deep South and through the South is people got to have a change of heart and start giving back more than they take. You got to mm-hmm. start be conservatives of this animal. Cause I don't think it's on the end on the brink of like extinction by no means, but if, human population keeps rising habitat keeps going down if things you know it's not going to be long our kids are going to be 20 and 30 years old you know, could you imagine 20 and 30 years from now if things don't start clicking in the right direction you know mm-hmm. yeah
0: i be i'd be curious to see though what the if the populations decreased or anything like that because you know when the numbers transition I, I don't know what the numbers of the turkeys that are Killed each year but with this this shift for me um i'm i'm kind of giddy about it (laughs) simply because like i've been uh, i want to say the past three years my season shifted because again i'm hunting private mainly uh with turkeys and with deer um and getting into public a bit more but i had a four day season for the past three years And had to get it done within four days. And now I've got a shift where it was like April 20th through the 24th last year, I I believe. And that was the only zone,
1: right? Like you were the only zone that had that. Only,
0: yeah, yeah. And so like this year, I'm like, I'm loving it because I've got an early season that lasts a a little bit over a month.
1: Yeah, and and you you needed that. Like, I think that's the thing. With all of this, that makes it really confusing for me. Is like different parts of the state has different rules. Different zones have different rules. They have different like starting dates. Okay, here's a gray area that I have. Um, some national forests start on April 1st, or some some public land areas, just in general, start on April 1st. Some public and land areas start on April 8th. Well, you can only shoot yeah. one gobbler in the first 10 days. Does that does that mean – but private land, statewide, private land is the 25th. Does that mean that those 10 days start from the 25th? When When did the –
2: yeah, that was my
1: gray area. Well, private – I'm, I'm April
0: 1st. I'm April 1st. Right, you're April but,
1: 1st because you're in that zone. But most of the state is the 25th. Yeah,
0: yeah. But,
2: yeah, that was my biggest gray area about reading those rules. Like, okay, so when's the 10-day start? Does, it, does, it, does the 10-day start on the 25th? Does or does it start, start does, does it start on youth season? Does it start on youth season? Does it start? So if I kill one, if I'm hunting in Talladega and I kill one on April 1st, am I not allowed to kill one until after April 10th? Or can I go to the other public that opens up April 8th and then I can kill one on April 8th because that's the first 10 days of that season. Like what's the,
1: you know. Well,
0: maybe when you're see like whatever zone you're in, I guess at the time, so that would mean of, of so that would mean let's look at this. So
1: that would mean a youth a let's just say a youth could kill all four of their birds within the first 10 days of the season.
0: Right? I mean, so if a, they're hunting private because it says a go, or it's you know it's a gobbler per day, but I guess the youth would still have to fall under the So is it public? Is it on public stuff? land
1: only that's 10? The 10-day rule? I think so. Rule? I think.
0: Yes, it think. is.
1: Yeah, it's okay. just the public land, I think. So that's just public land. All right. Yeah. So let's say a so youth that, hunter. That answers,
2: that, that answers some of it. Let's
1: mm-hmm. say a youth hunter, though, goes out to uh, uh, what? Oh Yeah,
0: from what I understand, it is.
1: A youth hunter goes out to <laughs> Talladega National Forest and does Hold the up. youth hunt. They go in it says, yeah. and do that youth hunt on whatever the weekend before the season starts, the general season. So they go and do that youth hunt. Does their ten days start there? Can like can they now shoot one on April third? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just it, really yeah, weird.
0: Bag limit here says no more than one gobbler during the first ten days of each season from all combined WMAs, uh CHAs and National Force. So combined
1: so that yeah, would mean it says it would start during the
0: first 10 days of each season from all combined public.
2: So what it's saying, if you kill a gobbler in the zone one, you can't kill another in that zone for 10 more days. But you can go to another zone when that season comes in, even if it overlaps with the season that you killed one in in that zone. You can kill another one in that zone, but you can't kill another one in that zone for another 10 days.
0: But no more than two gobblers from any public, or any you know, any WMA's or CHAs or National Forest combined. Huh.
2: Yep.
0: It's so weird. But it can, it's, it just gives me a lot of, a
1: lot of like questions. And and I was talking to somebody else about this the other day, and one of the things so that like, I said.
2: All I, right, I, hold on, hold on. So. Basically you can kill two on National Forest and then you can hop into a WMA inside of that National Forest and kill two more in there. I don't know. See, this is what confuses me about the WMAs down there is that like the WMAs are inside, are on the or na- on the federal land. Mm-hmm. Is, can someone correct me on the, or am I right or wrong on that? No,
1: you're you're right. Like uh so, Bankhead so, National the, Forest has Black Warrior WMA within it.
2: Well, yeah, yeah, and so is like, how do you say it, Chocolaca? How do down there?
1: Chocolac, Holland's, like that, like, that, like That's
2: in, that's inside of Talladega. Exactly. So, so, is that? See, this is what I'm trying to figure out. Is that not considered national forest though? Like, it's just the be uh, designating that WMA gives the state things that they can do to that land, but it's still federal land. And it's so is still that, a really easy thing to cheat, like yeah, like so. So is that all National Forest per se? You know, like can I can I kill two on Talladega, or is that counting against me going to Chalkalaka because it's in the National Forest? You know, or is that is it since it's designated WMA, I can kill two in there, then go right across a line, an imaginary line, and yeah. kill two more? Like
1: I don't know. Like that's 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 where I struggle at is trying to figure out that kind of stuff and. um you know, and and like I said, it's easy to cheat. Like, it would not be hard to kill a kill a gobbler, since we're talking Talladega. Let's just keep using that. It wouldn't be hard to kill a gobbler in Talladega, and for me, on my way home to run by uh, Bankhead National Forest and go check it in there. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's, that's I not mean, a hard yeah, thing I mean, to. It's really not a hard thing to cheat, and that to me is something that, I mean, people can cheat any any of the ways but it just seems really easy to cheat that one so i don't under understand even having it you know what i mean and i
0: think the questions too like following it to the best of your ability you know reading being familiar with the laws but also encouraging people like if you just don't know call you know whatever your local representative is or game and fish to to ask the questions that you know what i mean Uh and not to
2: and not to interrupt you on that you got to be careful with doing that too because sometimes people pick up the phone and they don't know what they're talking about yeah that's true
0: dude you're 100 because
2: uh and deer season up here a local fellow great guy uh, he might hear this and you know he'll be like yeah that was us you know but he was wanting to go deer hunting east of the blue ridge but the the national forest is included with any national forest that falls east of the Blue Ridge is included with the the laws and regulations of the national forest west of the Blue Ridge because the densities, population densities are low on the national forest. So it's included with the west of the Blue Ridge. But there was some literature there that some people had trouble with. I was trying to explain to him, he's like, no, the game warrants told me I could go kill a third buck east of the Blue Ridge. I'm like, you can on private property or state land, but you can't on that national forest. It's included with the... And long story short, he called the number and they told him, yeah. And I'm like, look, that is not right. You're going to get in trouble over someone not knowing what they're saying. It was actually the head guy. I can't remember his name. It was like the head game warden. Hmm. And I had to call him and I said, sir, listen to the emotion in my voice. You did not tell this gentleman right. And he argued with me for a a minute. I said, no, sir, listen to what I'm saying. And then he said, let me do some research. And he called me back. He's like, "Sir, you was right. This is oh, the gosh. head. This is the head man."
0: <laughs> hey, it's hard for them to keep up with the laws too.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, so you got to be, and, and and it doesn't matter what he said, she said in court. The written law is what matters. So even when you get con- someone tells you something over the phone, you need to check it again and use your best judgment. You know, read it and read it again.
0: Yeah, yeah. for sure. And, yeah, and, be and, be and, certain.
2: And, and normally what you, your mind and body is telling you is the right thing to do is more than likely. Right. Yeah. And, and here, and, 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 when, and when a game warning stops you and checks you and you go against what you think is right. And you say, well, I could say, well, I thought that ain't going to help you. They're going to give you Correct. a ticket.
0: Yeah. That's what I was about to say. Like being like, obviously having all of the proper licenses, being familiar with the laws, having that handy to where if you were to come up on a gay mourner, he'd come up on you, like, you know your stuff to where it's like, hey, I have f- I followed this to the best of my ability. And, you know, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of, I'll just put it blunt, idiots that are like, well, I mean, I thought it was this, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, like, being, being certain, like, for real, legit following the rules – um, that's going to go a long way. I believe when it's like, if you're getting stopped or something, like, Hey, look, I got the proper licenses. I I've called, I've read this, I've got it here handy and I've, I followed this to the best of my ability.
1: All right. I, I, I had a similar situation in Tennessee with, uh, the Tennessee velvet hunt where I called and, uh, if anybody's watched our videos, you'd miss like a huge secret or anything. But I called um, who I called a certain a certain place. Their offices, their a certain public hunting place. I called their office. I was like, "Hey, um, I'm reading the way I'm reading this on the law, on the regulations. Says I can hunt this place for the velvet hunt with a rifle." And they were like, "Yep, you can." I was like, "All right, so just just so I can have this peace of mind, you're telling me." that I can go on this velvet hunt for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday and I can shoot a deer. I can shoot a buck in velvet with a rifle out of one of these bean fields. You're telling me I'm not going to get in trouble for doing that. Absolutely, sir. You can that that's what it's for. You can be out there without a doubt. All right? Okay. So, I'm I kept going. I was like, I'm about to drive down there a couple times to scout and it's going to be about three or four hours for me to get there. You're telling me that it's going to be worth my time to go and scout and do this research and, and do these scouting trips because I'll be able to hunt here. Yes, sir. You absolutely dude. the week of the state put out a thing that was like, these areas are off limits. And it was the place that I'd spent all this time going to scouting
2: time and money. Exactly. Family and gas to, go scout. Yeah. to go and
1: scout this area and and i was the the crazy thing is that it was they put it out like on a facebook post or something like that the only reason i saw it is because somebody sent it to me and they said hey this is uh, this is going this is going on they they're not going to open this place and i was like so what happens if nobody tells me all i know is what i did responsibly and called and i go out there and shoot a, shoot a buck with a rifle off of a bean field and a game yeah. warden pulls up. Like, what happens at that point? Like, hey, I called. No, that's not going to happen. They're going to take my license, maybe take my truck and my gun and all yeah. this mess for poaching. And that's the what The make- thing
0: about that is, like, you, you, you've you got, like, again, with all the, the different laws and stuff, is you've got to check, double check, triple check because of stuff like that. Like, yeah. Um, holes like in in the stuff where you genuinely like you were doing the right thing calling and then if that friend wouldn't have called you just like what you said like what what the crap would have happened you know mm-hmm. the only thing i, I hate think that. Just, the only thing the only thing that i think
2: excuse me that you could protect yourself is if you email this person and say can you write put this in writing of our just you know that's the only thing i think almost like getting written permission for private property you almost have to have it in writing to be able to take it excuse me and use it for you know protect yourself in court be like this wildlife representative of this state of this hotline that says call for wildlife regulations and laws and whatever so on so on said that I can hunt here and this time, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's the only way that I can think in my mind that you can protect yourself.
1: Yeah. And, and, and realistically, I mean.
2: Nobody's going to do that.
1: I don't have, I haven't had any, what I would call like negative interactions with any wildlife agency, game warden or anything like that. Not that I can think of most people have been pretty cool. Like uh, for example, me and Clayton, Both shot deer whenever we went to Mississippi this year, and they we were in the CWD area, and so there was a lot of regulations on what they needed from each deer, and it was there wasn't a a one spot where they had all the regulations put. Like you kind of had to go to multiple different areas to find everything, and we we ended up doing it to the best of our ability, uh, everything that we knew. Uh, But I packed out my deer, and. Uh, because I thought, you know, all I, I, I didn't realize I needed anything from the actual deer carcass um, other than like the proof of sex to check it in. Well, come to find out, you actually do need the jawbone and all this stuff. And I, so the guy called me, the biologist there called me, and he was super cool. He was like, man, I know we got a lot of, a lot of rules to follow. There's a lot of things that we ask for from each deer. Um, but you guys did more than most non-residents do. So don't worry about it. And then really, all he wanted to know it wasn't for testing; it was just to age the deer. And he was like, "Could yeah, you just yeah. give me give me an estimate on the age?" And I told him, and he was like, "Cool, good deal, good to go."
0: So, dude, that's super cool. It's and, and the thing is, like, they deal with like um, our law enforcement stuff. They deal with idiots. Like, they deal with people that are breaking the law on a regular basis. Well, so they're breaking the law.
2: Pe- there's there's people breaking the law intentionally. They're you know outlaws. So, yeah. punish- you know, there, there's people out there spotlighting big bucks. You know, go ma- go get those people. You know, don't, yeah. don't mess with someone that's trying to do the right thing.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I think it's super cool because I have had bad encounters with um <laughs> Game Worn. I, I mean, like, it, I'm not naming names, but <sighs> one in particular that, he wasn't like, he was just not personable at all. You couldn't ask any questions. Like, you, that would have happened in like, like what you, the story you just said, Parker, and you would have immediately been wrong, even though you did all that you could have done to like legit follow the rules. He would have um, been, he
1: would have been acting like you were selling crack to kindergarten. Dude. Like, yeah, but that's the thing. like that if
0: way. you, and I, I feel like because we're on the same team, like, if, if you're a, um, a, like a professional outdoorsman in the sense of, like you want to um, manage, you want to enjoy the outdoors, you want to get your kids involved, stuff like that. Um, Realizing that, hey, we are all on the same team. And just like that game board, I think is super cool where he's like, hey, recognizing that you did that to the best of your ability. Whereas like what you were saying, Devin, is like other people, like they know who – who aren't doing that, who aren't going the extra mile. They're just like clueless and don't give a crap about anything. But I think, I think there needs to be room to, to be able to like actually call, ask questions. And, and I believe that there is, you know, I know I'm, I'm friends with multiple game wardens here in in Alabama and they're great. Um, You know, being able to talk to the the local guys, I think it's a, a great, a great thing to do.
2: Yeah, this thing done got this thing done got deep. We was we was going to have a podcast. about <laughs> <nine
0: times. laughs> Hey, in a nutshell, but, we appreciate but, all the but, all the but, uh, law enforcement.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But, but, but no, it's a it's good top it's good talk.
1: Yeah, and I mean, and it it helps people kind of gets the ball rolling on people who may not have any idea about some of the changes that are going on. Um, but you know. Like we said, three percent, three percent of hunters are killing five turkeys a season, at least that we're seeing, or or that accounts for three percent of the total pop, or total harvest number.
0: I don't know how that would have worked out for me when I got a four day thing. Yeah, didn't kill ten today. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? That's so weird. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding.
1: But I mean, I turkey hunt as much as anybody. I'm pretty hardcore about it during turkey season, and um, and I've never tagged out with five birds in Alabama. Um, and so like, you know, I know most people are not going out there and doing that, but I I hear the, the conversation and the, the argument. People say things like, well, why don't you just limit yourself then if that's what you think it should be? You don't have to kill five. Chuck Sykes said that. Um, I think when he was talking about deer harvest, it may have been turkeys, but he's like, you know, you don't, you don't have to tag out. If you think there's an issue, and it's like, uh, I mean, I, I understand that argument. I get what he's saying, but at the same time, I'm like, I mean, if if I have tags in my pocket, I'm gonna go. You know, I'm I'm gonna go and hunt them. Um, yeah. So there's always that argument, and I I don't I don't know how I feel about that argument because I at, in one hand it's like yeah you could if everybody felt like there was a need for a change, the best way to do it is to make the change yourself. Uh, I think Michael Jackson said that best. Um, but do it. <laughs> you just got to make that uh, change, baby, you know, Well, but <laughs> go ahead, Devin.
2: That was 2020 is the first time I've ever stepped foot in Alabama. And i seen, you know, people saying oh, our, our numbers are going down their way down. And I got down there and I was in one particular area. And I scouted and I heard like 12 different turkeys before 8 a.m. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, these people don't know what true thin populations are. Uh <laughs> I mean, I'm I might go almost better part of several weeks in the season, not hear twelve different turkeys some years. Uh it's been a, it's been a steep downward trend for probably over almost a decade and a half up here.
1: You were um, in you were in this magical place and because where <laughs> I hunt here at home, I'm I don't think in the seven years that I've turkey hunted it, I don't think I've heard twelve gobblers altogether in those seven years. Like last year I didn't hear a single gobble on my home place. Now I traveled some and Thanks. went to other parts of the state. Year before that I heard two gobbles. Like and I killed one of those turkeys. So it's like, you can go to a lot of Alabama and you're not going to, it's not going to be like where you went to. Um, and in the same way, you know, that's the same thing with deer too. I mean, deer the same way. You can go places where there's a really, it, it's not a, a state thing. It's a aerial uh, or area. It's a, region. A, it's a area.
2: Yeah. It's a region, regional thing. Because I paid attention down there when I'm traveling through the woods, I looked and I hardly saw any deer sign. hardly any leftover rubs yeah hardly any deer tracks i did find a buck bed that i doubt very very few people will even hunt but um that was about it like i didn't jump no deer and spook no deer uh the only deer i seen or spooked ruined the gobbler on the last morning <laughs> the only one that i've seen <laughs> the whole trip was was right there a big old doe
1: It, it's crazy because you can go out to, um, parts of, you know, the areas that you were hunting and it's very, very, very similar to the place where I hunt in habitat, in hunting pressure. There may be more hunting pressure where you're at. Um, there
2: was, there was, I still didn't figure that out. There was people everywhere. There was vehicles everywhere. Mm -hmm. I counted like 17 different states. And on that whole trip I had there, I never ran into nobody else in the woods. I never had nobody come on me when I was hunting a turkey. I still ain't ever figured that out. Um, yeah, hey, I mean, and, and, when I, and when I when I said I heard like a dozen gobblers, that wasn't from one spot. Like I I rode my bicycle into a place, and then I come out of there, and then I got in the truck and just started covering ground quick and dropping pins. Yeah, you know, I was just moving, listing high spots and dropping pins. So I covered a lot of ground. So that, that wasn't meaning like. 12 turkeys from, I was listening from one sounding Ridge and heard 12 turkeys. I was just covering as much ground as I could at that peak goblin time, just traveling, stopping, listening, dropping pins, you know? Yeah. But I, what I was, what I was really trying to say was like, I, I had done found like a dozen birds and they wasn't singular turkeys. This is, you know, that's early down there. And there was, uh, you know, a lot of them was, you know, like t- they were still together, like mm-hmm. two gobblers together, like Flocked two or three up, here, or there. Horrible. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've, I've been, Uh, different parts of the state i've been in other states in uh, tennessee georgia uh like i said i'm going to be hunting florida for the first time this uh in the next two weeks but um like there are some truly magical regions or areas within every state that i've been to um whether it be deer or turkeys you know there's there's parts of florida where i mean it's just a, a wonderland for deer hunting and you would never know it because it's Florida. In the same way, you know, Alabama, I think overall there is a there is a pretty steady decline. There are some areas within our state. Like like when you were I'll be honest with you, Devin, whenever you were here and you're like I saw your post and like there ain't no shortage of turkeys in Alabama and blah blah blah. You're seeing all this mess when people would say oh, something. Oh no. No.
2: Uh, I think what you're referring to was I was you know, I was had my head down. I was there turkey hunting. I was, you know, I was, you know, that's what I was on vacation. I was on a purpose, you know, I was there to kill turkeys. I was there to hunt turkeys, but you know, he kept working out and I'd find one and make things happen. But people it was messaging me like bunch, lots of people. And if I realized it was going to get that much attention, that I'd done over, I wouldn't have posted like anything. I, I regret sometimes I, I should have waited till after the trip, but people was like, they must be on fire. They must be, you know, running the gun bro. I'm thinking, no, they're not. These are very quiet, end up turkeys. Mm-hmm. I mean, they gobble up on the limb and hit the ground and they get quiet. They're strutting hens, you know, they're, yep. and you'll get a gobble here and there. Like people was thinking that they was just running in the gun, barrel. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm working hard for these turkeys. Uh, one, I killed in the evening at six six thirty, and he came in silent drumming. Huh. Um, the one gobbler I killed was on the worst weather day of the trip. It rained all day. And when I woke up, I expected the, the, the one the last time I was in service that night, when I went to bed and I woke up, I expected the, the rain to be thunder, like hammering on the camper. And I woke up and it wasn't. And I opened up the camper door and it was beautiful. I knew the storm was coming, but at that moment it was beautiful. Like two hours, before daylight or two and a half hours, before daylight. When I had a gobble rooster, I'm like, I look, listen. I'm like, well, I'm going to try him. I'm going to, you know, it might come down on me. And I killed him. His feet was on the ground, maybe 15 seconds. Hmm. And I killed him. And when I killed him, I run up to him. You know, his last couple flops, I took like two pictures, and it just come out the sky. Like the whole time it was getting daylight and him gobbling. And I didn't know if his feet was going to hit the ground because I thought it was going to storm before he got there. And they was just going to set in a tree that I can hear the thunder cracking and rolling off in the distance and getting closer, <laughs> And I'm thinking, man, it's going to hit before they fly down and they're just going to set in a tree. But for some reason they, the two, his two hens flew down, and he flew down and he was just out of sight. I gave one little yelp. He stuck his head up and pal. And I took two pictures of that gobbler and it come out the sky and I was a mile from the truck.
1: <laughs> and, uh, Were you using an e-bike was, or a regular bike?
2: Oh, no, this, I mean, uh there was, I had a regular bike, but this, this place, that morning, I it was all walking. And it wasn't hard walking, it was just a mile. I had to sneak my way in there and walk uh, the bottoms, the hollows to get in and wrap in behind the turkey and come up and work my way back to them. But anyway, uh I, I think that was like the second or third, third turkey I, I can't remember which one it was in which order so, so, but you couldn't wipe a smile off. i think it was the second turkey i killed on that trip you couldn't wipe a smile off on of my face <laughs> and I, it was, I mean it was i had a metal gun on my shoulder and it's thundering right over me and i was just happy i was like god if you're going to take me out this is the way to go you know I, you couldn't <laughs> i was so happy coming out you know it was just hammering i mean soaked to the bone all the way to the truck, and it, it never stopped. But I, you couldn't wipe the smile off my face. But,
1: um. I'm telling you, with turkeys, there's something about them. Like I, I'm a, I started this turkey hunting game as a, a thing to do when I wasn't deer hunting. You know, it's not deer season. That's how, kind of how I started. It's like it's something to, kind of take my focus, and I'm gonna learn how to do it. And every year that goes by, it just gets. That much better and that much better. And I think it's happening as I get better as a turkey hunter and I start to see fruits of my labor start to pay off and things like that. But, man, every one that I kill, it it just feels special. You know, every one that I get to go and put my hands on, it feels different than a deer. Like when when deer season opens up, I'm expecting I'm going to kill a deer this season. I'm going to kill a buck or multiple with turkeys, every time the season opens, I'm like, man, I sure hope it I hope I luck out this year. You know, it feels oh. like a real blessing whenever you finally get to kill one.
2: That's every awesome. every year before season, you're just thinking in your mind, do I still remember how to do this? Can I still do this? Yeah,
0: that's so and, <laughs> true.
2: You know, and, and until until you get on a goblin turkey and he's come work, you know, and you know, and you get that feeling he's working into you and he's working the call and things are going right, you're thinking. All right. It might happen. This might work out and you, and you, and it works out and you get him. You're like, well, I, I can still do this, you know? And then the season's off, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's That's what it feels like. Everyone feels so unique too. Um, And,
2: you know, my dad started hunting me when I was five. I'm not just, you know, I'm coming in on 30 years of hunting these things. mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's crazy how, how different it has become for me from when I first started to where I'm at now, it's like, I mean, but even then I remember the first, so I killed a bunch of turkeys, Devin, you may not know this. I killed a bunch of turkeys when I lived in Texas. Uh, like I yeah. said, we had a ton of them. We could shoot them deer and deer season. And I shot a bunch of them doing that. But uh, my first Eastern that I killed was in Georgia and it was my first season, like learning how to call, learning how to read the woods, read the sign, um, learning how to run and gun. Cause I'd never done that before. Right. And, and so I was figuring it all out, but that first one that I killed was a Jake and I called him in. I called two Jake's in and they came in gobbling and played the game. Perfect. And I, dude, I'm like you, I could, you couldn't wipe the smile off of my face. we were under like tornado warning that morning and all kinds of stuff. I was same thing. I was like, you know, if, uh, if, 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 if there's a, a better way for me to go out, I'm all ears. I don't, I don't think there's a better way. Uh, but it, it never changed from, I never got used to the feeling of killing turkeys. Like, every single one I've killed, I've been super grateful for the opportunity. And and I think that's kind of what separates turkey hunters from other people. There's just this, this deep-rooted, like, appreciation, respect for, for them, for the bird. I think they're some of the most, we did a podcast last week about kind of some turkey biology how good they can see and they, I think there's there are absolutely magnificent uh animal they do crazy mm-hmm. things sometimes they they're,
2: they're, they're amazing it's really it's crazy
1: and, and I I respect them I, I deeply respect the bird and so I think that that adds to it but um man I'm I'm excited I ever like I said every season before I get going I'm like man I really hope I get to experience that again I hope we get to yeah put our hands on another turkey and um I'm I'm fired up about it, man. When does your season start, Devin? In uh in Virginia?
2: Virginia is always the second Saturday of April. Okay. So it's easy to look at for the next year or years to come, it's always pretty easy to see when season's coming because it's the second Saturday of April. Youth weekend's always the first weekend of April. Then you're it's a week off and then the second
1: Saturday. Do y'all get do y'all get like a, a month and a half I stopped
2: and paul i stopped and paused and was listening because
1: there's coyotes
2: raising hell out back i can hear them through the house <laughs> they
1: have, they get they in the have turkeys goblins
2: yeah but i'm sorry what was you saying
1: uh, i was just saying um i don't remember what i was saying sorry uh, oh i was gonna say how how long does it go how long does your season go to it's five-week season,
2: first three weeks of season. You can only hunt to noon. The last two weeks, you can hunt all day, three birds, one bird per day. Um, uh, Monday morning, uh, finally finally won. Finally uh, got past the, you can hunt public land on Sunday. That's awesome. Um, it, pa- it passed in the house and uh, then it's got to be signed by the governor. And I guess it'll go in effect like June 1st. So um, starting this deer season, this fall, I'll be able to hunt public land on sunny. We've been able to hunt private land for quite a while. I mean, probably close to 10 years now. I ain't exactly sure what year that went in effect, but it's been longer than what I'm thinking. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's cool. I mean, like I say, it's a double-edged blade, you know, because... Yeah. It makes it easier for people to hit it on the weekend, but, you know, there's lots of people in this state that, that, you know, work all week, work five and six days a week, don't have vacation. They got kids and, you know, Saturday comes and they're off work and you want to go hunting and it rains all day. Yeah. And <laughs> then, you know, Sunday, it's beautiful, beautiful day to go hunting and they can't, you know and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and, and not even trying to bring up church, but you know, those people might want to hunt, hunt to nine o'clock and then come out and go to church and then eat lunch and then go hunt to dark, you know, I mean, you know, not,
1: so it's, I forgot about the time limit here,
0: the 12 or the, uh, daylight to one.
1: Yeah. We didn't even talk about that. That's a, uh, nope. Just reminded me of that. That was again, that's
0: one things. I don't think that's the same rule on private.
1: It's not, but I'm not uh, against it. It's private. They can hunt all day.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I ain't, I mean, it sucks. It's a bummer because I like if if I'm off work and free responsibilities, I could just stay in the woods all day. Yeah, for sure. Because uh, that middle of the day is a good time to find a gobbler getting you know cranked up, and then and then that if it gets warm in the day, and then whatever time around four thirty five o'clock when that temperature starts going back the other direction starts cooling off, and if you find a gobbler, then I mean, I ain't saying he's going to die, but for some reason, the odds are a lot higher. And when, if you find a guy goblin on his own or cuts you off in the evening, when that temperature starts dropping, it's a good chance you can get him. That's why that one, I killed down there in the evening. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I really didn't have, you know, I was hoping, you know, something like that would work out, but I I went in there to roost turkeys. Mm-hmm. I, I, I went into this place. It was a, there was several finger ridges come off right in front of me. And I was on a knob and I, all these finger ridges was in my face. And it was still as a mouse. I'm like, well, if nothing gobbles, I'll hear them fly up because it's so calm and it's right in my face. And, the, and I'd hit turkey, her turkeys gobbling that direction had never been in there before daylight because I'd always been hunting another direction. And I could hear gobbles way off that direction. And I looked, and so that's where they're at. And so I went in there that evening and, uh, that, that day I got my buck, butt, butt kicked that whole day. And, uh, I went in there and I thought and it was so dry and quiet. And I'm thinking, man, if I can just get in here without spooking anything and get settled down and get settled in, you know, if I don't, I really didn't think a, a killing one wasn't really on my mind, honestly. I mean, it was on my, it was there in the back of my mind, but mm-hmm. I was, it was just a, a, a mission to Bruce the Turkey. And, uh, I sat down and got situated and face mask was around my neck and I thought. Over the years, other people hear this, they'll know what I'm talking about, and y'all might have had it happen, but well, sometimes a little mountain stream will gurgle. The water will gurgle and run through some rocks and gurgle a certain way, and in a distance, it does it just right, where it almost sounds like a drum. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: It'll it'll sound like a gobbler drumming sometimes, And, uh, and I was sitting there, and the creek was down in the bottom, and I heard the sound, and then I listened for it, listened for it, listened for it, didn't hear it, and I'm thinking... And then, like, I went to get, I'd moved or something, rustled the leaves to get situated. And then I thought I heard it again. And I listened and listened and listened for it. I didn't hear. It. So, I was, then I, like, didn't believe myself. And I was thinking, then I convinced myself I was just that creep one. And what it was, I caught a drum a couple times, way off and faint. And uh, so, then I just picked up my box call. I had it laying beside me. I picked it up. I scratched it three times. App ap, ap. And not very loud because it was so quiet and it was going to ring that whole area just by scratching it. Anything in there was going to, so I just barely scratched it three times and laid it back down. And I was actually looking at my phone killing time, just sitting there quiet, not moving and uh, looking at, I think I was, I was looking at maps. I was just studying maps while I was sitting there. And a couple minutes went by after I scratched that lid and I heard, (laughs) I said, Oh God. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I just—I dropped my phone, pulled my face mask up to my, you know my nose, and put my gun. You put my gun on my knee and got ready. Put the gun on fire, and he was just like he was drumming every step. Like you imagine a gobbler coming in, gobbling almost every couple seconds. I mean, he was he was coming hard, like. And uh, sometimes it's hard to course that drum. Like they can move three yards to the left, but the drum will sound twenty yards to the left. And then they zag four or five yards back to the right, and then the drum will sound twenty yards to the right. That's just the way it travels. Yeah. I think nature intended, I think nature intended the drum to be hard to pinpoint. But um, <laughs> the uh, so I'm sitting there, not you know, I can't see but about twenty five yards with the ground drops off. So I got the gun in the center where I'm thinking he's at, and I'm just moving my eyes because I know I can't move my head back and forth. I just kind of put my head in the middle, split the difference, and just moving my eyes left to right, left to right, looking for that white crown to pop up. And I looked to the right, and I looked back to the left, and then there he is, about 20 – it was about 18 steps where I stepped off. But it was a down treetop, and the treetop was an old treetop. It wasn't fresh. It didn't have leaves on it. It was a skeleton. And it was a hole through that tre- down treetop, and there was, he was looking at me. And I had a big pine tree. I had a big tree for cover that was way wider than me. And I just looked at him, and my gun barrel was off – eight, 10 feet. What I needed to swing. Well, I didn't need to move the gun barrel about a foot and a half, but from where he was, you know, from where it's pointing to where I got to get it to is about probably 12 foot. If I recall. And, uh, he, he, I had not moved a muscle when I had a good tree, but he knew I wasn't right. Yeah, He, he looked at me and he kind of bobbed that head and it was a limb about the size of a quarter. And his eyeball went behind that limb, and I bumped the gun over in that hole. And he I think he's seen me move, and he jerked his head back in that hole to look. Like, what was that? And, and I, you know, I, I blasted him. But that was just a, a, a mission. I made that hike in there in the evening, treasure's trying to roost something, get one on a limb, you know, even, even if they didn't gobble, because I know sometimes it's not common – just from what I've heard, people talk that they didn't have a lot of luck getting turkeys to gobble down there in the evenings. Yeah,
1: I've, it really sounds to me.
2: So I was thinking, you know, if they don't, if they don't gobble, the hear them, and then luckily, I was right where he wanted to be. It was a couple big white, or I guess it was white pines, a couple big pines on a point, perfect roost spot. And I'm, you know, when I sit down, I'm thinking, man, turkeys roost here,
1: mm-hmm. and uh, but that worked out. It does, and it, and sometimes it does. I think the the age old saying "you can't kill them from the couch" is true. Um, every time you're yeah, out I mean, there, you're you gotta, making the opportunity for it to you happen. You got to
2: get out there and make your own luck. It got really hot that day, like uh, middle of the day. It was scorching hot and wind howling, and I kind of shut down. The turkey shut down, and I kind of shut down. Mm-hmm. And I've been hunting hard for a couple of days, and it got. Uh, I had a portable generator. And about 1 o'clock, I mean, it was like 90 some degrees and wind howling, you couldn't hear nothing. And and, uh, and I ain't going to lie, I come back and ate a sandwich and I cranked that air conditioner in that camper wide open <laughs> and uh, took a little nap. And then I got up like 4 o'clock and then, you know, I had a game plan in my head already. So I took like two-hour, two-three-hour hour, two, nap and got back up and got dressed or put my boots back on and, and made that scouting trip in there to roost the turkey and ended up killing a gobbler.
1: Yeah, and and it happens i mean I feel like just when I've about given up chance that something good is gonna happen during turkey season uh that's usually when it happens and it it's fun man i mean that's it, there's the challenge to it there's the challenging yourself and and continuing to go even when it sucks um and continuing to go even when you're having good success you know kind of how you did on that trip i think it's i think it's uh it, it's it's a really challenging thing to get into turkey hunting is but man once you once it gets in your blood it's hard to imagine life any any different
2: yeah i mean i sometimes wonder like what would i be doing in life who would i be What, what would my hobbies be or you know would i be turkey hunter would i be hunting bucks back in the mountains if my dad wouldn't have been who my dad was and got me into hunting and stuff and took me put me first and Done everything he could to get me a gobbler and always made sure I, you know, he put me on a buck and got me a buck. Like, you know, and he taught me so many lessons on Turkey about Turkey hunting. You know, by the time I was eight, nine, 10 years old, I, I knew so many lessons and mm-hmm. things about Turkey hunting that, you know, when I got 12, 13, 14 years old and started wandering off on my own, you know, I killed my first Turkey by myself when I was 13. Uh, called two gobblers in and, and killed the one about 20 yards. And it was just so many things that I seen. And he pre- preached in my mind and drove in my brain. You know, he, he preached, you know, especially about, you know, not trying to walk through the woods like a, a bull in a china shop. He'd always say, he said, boy, you know, he's like a bull in a china shop. You know, he'd always <laughs> say, walk, walk fast, but, but put your foot down easy. And I'm here, I'm a little kid thinking, how in the hell do I walk fast and quiet? (laughs) (laughs) Like, boy, you ain't got to be quiet. Making too much noise. You got to set your foot down easy. I'm thinking like, dad, dad, how do I walk fast and quiet? (laughs) But as I got older, you know, I seen like, you know, I weighed 200. My my whole adult life, I've always been 200, 215 pounds, six foot. And, uh, and, uh, I was many times not, and not calling it my buddies, but I've taken buddies before. And, they weigh, you know, way less than me and they're making all kinds of noise. And here I am 200 pounds and you know, can't even hear myself. Yeah. And I hear them. I'm like, I'm like, hey, I ain't trying to, you know, you're gonna to have to you're gonna to have to get
1: quiet. <laughs> you got to, to tighten up a
0: little bit. <laughs> oh, that's cool, man. I'm like Well Yeah, turkey hunting hits a bit different.
1: It does hit different. I'm super excited about it this season. Guys, thanks again for coming on the show and uh chatting about it for a little bit. Uh
0: well, yeah, man, this was fun.
2: Uh one thing I can leave, if I could leave someone or a younger person, you know, the older veterans, they already know, but it really is true when you can I'm not saying don't run and gun. I, I I run and gun, that's what that's how i hunt is run and gun. But if you're in turkeys and you know they're there and they're getting quiet, just take your time sit and wait. If there's if you can hear a lot of ground. I ain't saying pull out and don't go somewhere else and try to find a hot one. I love doing that, you know. But if you've done hiked back in somewhere a mile or two, and it's going to take you 20, 30 minutes to get out of there, and you know there's turkeys there, take your time, slow down, listen, sit down tree, yeah. get where you can hear him and sit down for a little bit. Just 30 minutes, just wait, let things play out, you know, and then you know he'll start gobbling on his own. Or, you know, he might only gobble every 15, 30 minutes, but instead of you blundering down through there and spooking them and running them out of the country and making them fly off over on the other mountain, let him gobble, you know, and then reposition and and get a little closer and then set and wait and let him gobble again on his zone and then get in there with him. And then you might get inside his bubble to where he'll respond to the call and be interested in you and then start playing the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when I – it ain't, you know – When I go out of state, I am a lot more aggressive. I'm going for a two or three day trip or a real quick weekend trip and I'm trying to make something happen. And I don't know, I've never been there for my life. Yeah. I'm going to move through there a little quicker, but like in your home area, woods, you know, and country, you know, if if you've scouted and you heard turkeys there before season and they're scratching, you know, slow down, take your time and try not to force it if you can. And, And then when I started, got in that maturity level of Turkey hunting, I started killing more turkeys,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, just moving slow and letting things play out. I'm not saying don't make power moves or be
1: aggressive
2: because I do that.
1: It's, it's so such a loaded thing. You can do both of those at in, the same time. You can be yeah, patient it's, and aggressive it, altogether. It's, yeah, it's yeah. such
2: a, it's such a loaded thing to try to put into words. I've never had more. Tr- it's something that I love and so passionate about. I've never had more trouble trying to put it into words I'm not, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm aggressive. I make big power moves and, and thank you, man. A lot of people couldn't have killed that Turkey, but truth be told, t- uh, there's a thousand other killers in the country that could have made the same power move. But you know, it's, uh, it's, it's so hard to put in a nutshell for someone new or a new hunter. Uh, but you gotta That's let good. the turkey, you gotta let the turkeys teach you and you gotta learn from it. And then you try to limit those mistakes and then that's called experience. It don't matter if it's your job or something you're doing in life or a hobby or hunting. It takes time. So, and then and then it turns into instinct, the gut instinct. And that's what I kind of put turkey on a nutshell is well deer hunting, but especially something where you're interacting with animals as much as turkey hunting. Deer hunting, it's a little bit of a different gut instinct that you feel like if you feel it where you need to set up in this tree or set here. But like turkey hunting, there's so many other variables of the instinct of. I need to grab, you know, so many times in my life I've sat down and I've, you know, I've gone on my knee, ready, working a bird. And I've sat, you know, I'm sitting there and I might sit there like five seconds and my brain says, this, this, this ain't the tree. You got to get to that tree. And it's only three more steps. But if you want to kill this turkey, you got to get to that tree right there. It ain't this red oak. It's that red oak. It's going to kill the turkey and you know you like you're making gobble and it's muffled and you like your brain says i can get to that tree and you go and you know what i'm saying it's things mm-hmm. like that that just just keep going listen to older hunters you might not think they know what they're talking about or they're exaggerating or full of shit but most of them know what they're talking about they've been around the block take time to talk to them and listen and uh that's good stuff
1: good, I yeah. agree, good yeah. stuff man That's uh, a great way to end it. And, uh, man, thanks again for coming on the show and, uh, chatting with us. Good luck this season. I know it's going to be a good one. Oh yeah. Y'all too, man. Thanks for having me on. Thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. As always, a big shout out to all of our partners. That's Go Wild, Spartan Forge, Tethered, New Canoe, and Scree Gear. You can keep up with Southern Ground Hunting by following us on Facebook and Instagram, Or you can subscribe to us on the YouTube channel. And make sure you check out southerngroundhunting.com to pick up some of our merch, hats, t-shirts, stickers, stuff like that. I truly hope you enjoyed this week's episode and we'll see you here again next week. Remember this, God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. We'll talk to you next time.